0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Stress Sessions with me, Luke. I hope you're having a good start to 2021 of staying safe, keeping well and generally staying out of trouble. So, who am I speaking to in this episode? Well, it's none other than mixed martial arts fighter and recently signed UFC star Mason the Dragon Jones. I'm really excited to share this week's episode with you and he's been pretty jam-packed with training and more training for the past couple of months, so it's great to catch up with him just before he rushed off to, you guessed it, another training session. As you can tell from the fighting part of the description, UFC stars are notoriously thick-skinned, tough-talking, and you basically wouldn't mess with them. In this episode, you'll find out what it's like to be a full-time fighter, the mental side of the sport, and Mason's journey to becoming a successful athlete, with an overall goal of world domination in his field. It's an absolute treat. You'll notice that during the record, Mason speaks about his UFC debut and that a date hasn't been set yet. Well, that date has now been announced and he's due to make his debut on the 20th of January in just two days' time, depending on when you're listening, against opponent Mike Davis, which is bloody exciting. So, let's get into it. Here's episode three of The Stress Sessions with Welsh UFC star, Mason the Dragon Jones. Welcome to The Stress Sessions and thank you so much for coming on because you're you're massive at the moment, aren't you? You're like... Getting this slowly.
1: (laughs) Not not quite passive, but we're getting this slowly. We're we're going the right way. That's, That's what we want.
0: So... I guess uh, this this is a relatively difficult interview for me because I my my knowledge of MMA UFC is 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 very very limited. So when I reached out to you, That's cool. of, <laughs> when I reached out to you, I was just a bit like, I'm gonna have to do my research here. Yeah? <laughs> so for the people on, that are, um, are listening that don't really know a lot about UFC, can you kind of just give me, I guess, kick off by telling me a little bit about what you do and what what it involves, what UFC is and, and all of that sort of thing? Yeah,
1: so I'm good. So I'm Mason Dra- Dragon Jones. Um, thanks again for having me on. Um, I fight for the UFC, which is the world's biggest um, MMA promotion. Um, mixed partial arts or MMA is a sport that was started, God, 20 uh, odd years ago. Um, and it is literally, it was meant to be a mix of styles um, and sort of the all different styles coming together in, in the one martial art to find out which was the best. Um, it's advanced still since then um, and it is, it is, in my opinion, <laughs> the greatest <laughs> sport um, in the world. Um, it involves uh, wearing uh handed M gloves, which pads the wrist and the, the hand protect the knuckles. Um, all strikes from the hands to the el- elbows and knees um, are all legal. Um, you can't eye gouge, you can't headbutt, you can't kick to the head. Um, you can't kick to the head on a ground opponent. Um, and 12 or 6 is illegal. Pretty much anything else goes. Um, there's no bite in, obviously. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's regulated sport, but it is um, it is sort of like the the old, old ultimate fighting sport. Like they, they brought as much as they can, so it's healthy, it protects people, but it's still an exciting, um, absolute war. So um it to be honest, if if you're not sure what the UFC is, just get check check it out, uh, watch some of the fights. Um, I'll I'll be surprised if you've never heard of the UFC.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I I mean I watched a couple of your fights earlier and yeah, it's it's brutal. i I mean I've I've played the UFC game and watched a few fights before, like over the years, but yeah, it's, it's brutal. And you've you've recently become the latest Welshman to earn a UFC deal and he currently holds two Cage Warrior titles, so the welterweight and lightweight titles, and nobody's done that since Conor McGregor. And he's like Mr. UFC, isn't he? Like he is probably the greatest UFC fighter ever. How how does it feel to kind of have those two titles at the same time?
1: Yeah, it's it's a an unbelievable feeling. It was something that I never expect to happen, and that's something that I never really planned to do and you know, just sort of with circumstances where uh, I seen the opportunity and I went for it but it for me it was just cementing my legacy as one of the well the great well one of the greatest um, Welsh MMA fighters of all time and um, one of only three people to win those two titles um, obviously Dan Hardy before me was a legend in the sport Conor McGregor is well like you said he's the most well-known um, uh, UFC fighter of all time um, if not one of the biggest household names um, in the sport of MMA. And then there's me. Um, so I've set my foundations. My foundations are beyond solid. So now all that's it, all left to do is build the, the what is probably going to be the most difficult part and that's to build the rest of my legacy in the UFC. Um, I'm entering in the lightweight division, which is without a doubt the toughest division in the UFC. So I've set myself a hard, a hard challenge. But in my eyes, I'm I'm the greatest if like, I've ever lived. Like, I'm going to show the world exactly what I, I could do. And um, people listening now will probably, will probably disagree. But then all it's meant to do is I just got to prove to you that I'm right. Um, and whether that statement correct now or whether it'll be correct in 10 years, all all this all that is up, up to me.
0: Well, you're definitely going in the right direction because, I mean, you've, you're undefeated. You've won 10 fights in a row. And again, that must feel great to kind of be at this point in your career where you're just like every, everything's going for you, you you're winning and yeah it, it, it's only going to get better i think so yeah congratulations man 100%.
1: thank you for, thank you very much sorry i'm so tired i've um it's been <laughs> we're solidly in camp now because we've got my debut coming up um oh, okay yeah that's un- unannounced yet so i'll be um sometime next year early na- next year so when um, we've been pushing really hard so um <laughs> all i've really been doing is training eating sleeping and then um doing as many interviews was like a fit in and god knows trying to sort sort christmas out and it's just been a balancing snack. this is to be honest it is um something i love to do um i love to fight that i love to train and i love this lifestyle um i remember someone asked me no ago, what well, what would you do um, if you was a millionaire? And it, I remember the question, the answer I had was everything the same, just easier. Um, I'd be able to pay my coaches more. I'd be able to wear nicer clothes. I'd be able to drive a nicer car. That'd be it, to be honest. Like Everything else, I love I love what it is. Um, probably spend a bit more time in California because these um, this Welsh weather to get me in the winter, <laughs> it's too cold and it's too much rain. So um, I love my country, but I don't like the winter. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah. In the future, I
0: think I'll be weathering, I'll be wintering in um, California. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And so let's let's talk about the mental health side of your job, because as a mixed martial arts fighter, you guys are kind of known for your confidence, your strength, and your fighting spirit. But I guess we've seen over the years from other MMA fighters that their mental health problems can sometimes get the better of them. Um, which I guess means that even you guys, that the toughest guys on earth, are, are still affected.
1: Well, I've I've always been a massive advocate for mental health. Um, I represent uh, and I'm an ambassador for Tidy which is a mental health charity. Um, so for anyone looking, um, anyone watching this at home who's struggling, um, feel free to drop your message or the charity a message. So if you are feeling down or if you are struggling or if something is affecting you, don't sort of beat yourself about it don't feel bad about it just reach out and talk to someone because um we, we may not be able to help but talking about it will make it easier um, um will help with our load um and a lot of the time it's just perceptions on things but um yeah mental health is something that affects everyone from um obviously the celebrities in, in the limelight um, the fighters who are waiting to go in um to your normal everyday person like um we're all humans at the end of the day and everyone struggles and everyone's got their own battles going along. So yeah, it is hard. Um, for me, I've always had quite, um, a healthy mentality, um, in respect. I've never sort of struggled with my mental health. Um, I felt lows um, and I felt, uh, loneliness and different factors, but I've never had that, that voice in the back of my head. Um, which I know, speaking to a lot of people, is what they suffer from, which is telling them they're they're nothing and they're telling them they have different things from them or telling them that, obviously, that today's not going to be a good day. I've never really struggled with that, but I've spoken to a lot of people who have. Um, I have a lot of close people around me who suffered very badly with different factors of mental health and... Um, it's given me experience in in, in doing it and seeing how other people struggle. But again, um, I've been blessed so far with not having to struggle with it. But you you never know about these things. Like sometimes it can catch you in ways. Uh, I've I've spoken to a lot of people who um, were all fine when they were younger, and then obviously as they got old, all the issues sprung up on them, and they didn't really understand it. Um, it for me, it is a it is an illness, and it's something that people sort of it doesn't get enough line light and people don't understand enough um speaking from my own own experiences like um when i was brought up i was told that um, people who suffered from depression or anxiety were, were just weak people um and then in the combat sports world i met some of the strongest people <laughs> who i've ever, ever met some frightening people and um speaking to them, and they've suffered for years and, and you just wouldn't wouldn't expect it's so, like certain people who um who sometimes just can't leave the house. Um, different people I know, um, again, people close to me who, uh, my girlfriend being one of them, like she told me when she was younger, like when she was 12, 13, she said there was never a reason for it. She said some days she would wake up and she wouldn't want to be alive. And it's just, she said it was such a frightening thing. And it was just no reason she She's got a beautiful family. She's got an amazing family. And she said, like, she was in school. She said nothing was wrong. She She's very, very intelligent, my girlfriend is. Um, and, she, and again, she's she's a fighter like myself and she's unbelievably good. She just she said someday she'd wake up and just not want to be alive. And it's just, she said, it was just such a frightening thing and trying to sort of deal with that void. And again, I just feel, um, I feel for a lot of people going through it and feel free to reach out and I'm more than willing to
0: listen. Thanks, man. That's, that, that means a lot. It means, you, it means a lot for you to talk about that as well, because some people are a little bit, wary of opening up a little bit and yeah no it's admirable that you've done that and i can i can kind of like see where you're coming from as well because there is a lot of people that suffer from mental illnesses but there's there's literally no reason there's no kind of like bad stuff happening in their life in their life there's no like deaths or anything like that it just it's it's just there and i can completely relate to that because i've i mean i've had the same i've i've not had a bad life to be honest i've had a pretty decent life and there is some days where it's it's tough, it's really really tough, and it's 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 people like you that that are kind of like ambassadors for mental health that are that are there to help, and it's it's a great thing to be doing. Thank you very much. Um, like
1: to be fair, like since i started doing it, the amount of people i that have spoken to me and have opened up about different things. Um, like I remember another long I was actually having um, I was getting rubbed down and um, uh, they were rubbing out sort of. I had a little problem. With like a little niggle and my little pack. And um, I remember I was getting rubbed out and uh, I was speaking to the guy about it. And like he was telling me about how he was in the arm, the arm army um, and he ended up um, developing PTSD. Um, and the only reason he sort of realized he had PTSD was he ended up what, should we say, listened to something on the rape radio and they were talking about it. And um, he said he was going out of his mind because he felt so lonely and so at the end of what you could deal with. And he said, you just had no idea where it was. And then when he started listening to sort of what they were saying, like the symptoms they had, he realized that he wasn't going mad and that it was something that other people were dealing with. And he's back completely functional. And he said like, at one point he said he was living with his girlfriend's parents. And um, he was laughing, telling me this. He said he bought it. He ordered the shed. I wouldn't shed. And he said, he ordered the shed and hmm. turned to his girlfriend and said, that shed's coming. I'm putting it up. In the garden, I going to go live in the shed, and she was like, "Look, you can't live in the shed in my, in my parents' in my parents' house." And he was like, "Look, I just can't." I said, "I don't want to be here." He said, "I don't want to be in this house dealing with people, with these people all at the time." And he said, "Like they were lovely people," and he said, "He just he just couldn't couldn't um, just couldn't deal with it." He said, "He just couldn't couldn't deal with normal everyday life," and he said, "He just wanted to sort of run away." And his vision of running away was to go to the shed. And he said, "When he sort of clicked on what was wrong." Um, he said looking back he said like i don't understand i <laughs> didn't understand what was wrong but he said he found this, and as soon as he clicked on what it was and he reached out and spoke to someone he said he sort of like managed to start dealing with it and he started seeing people to help and started speaking regularly and he said just sort of sharing with what you're suffering with just made it so much lighter
0: i, I think as well though you like in, in your friend's situation i think it's difficult sometimes. Pinpoint yourself what's wrong, and you do need somebody else to sort of go. Oh, you! I don't think you're quite, not not you're quite not quite right, but you, you can kind of notice a change in that person, and you sort of think, oh shit, they're they're acting differently, and they yeah, yeah. they they might they might need a little bit of help. And I, I again, I can relate to that as well because I didn't I knew there was something wrong with me, but I couldn't pinpoint it, and until my wife sort of said you need to go and get some help, I was yeah. just like. Digging myself in a hole every day, it was it was bloody awful. But yeah, it's, it's it's sad that that a lot of the time you can't identify yourself. I think. Yeah,
1: I agree, and like the whole fact of um, you never know how to measure it because like certain days, um, even with me, like I said, I've got um, I would never, I would never say I suffered with my mental health. Um, I've had low tides, but I would never say I sort of suffered from being down consistently or having depression but it is a hard thing to measure like how do you how do you tell someone like that's not depression or look that is depression there's it, not a level on it it's just sort of if you are suffering is something building up then feel free to reach out and speak to someone because even like it is all section, like things that other people would laugh at and be like "Look, that's not a problem can be so crushing sometimes um like again christmas is another one like people sometimes um they think that it's a competition uh, and they have to be able to yeah. afford certain yeah. things and then they, they get in this, into this sort of, uh, I can't even explain the word I'm thinking of, they get into such a, a sort of a build of emotion because they, they think yeah. they need to afford certain things and they think they have to do things and then they don't have the money to back back hack it up and then they get themselves into debt, they get themselves into problems or they just get themselves in a lot of worry because they think they're just going to disappoint people and people aren't going to understand. And it's like, like again, I, I've been in that situation where at one point I was, um, I, I I didn't really have a lot of spare money. Um, I was training I was training full-time, I didn't have a lot of money. Um, my parents support me fully, but... Obviously, they're not going to be giving me handouts of money. So I didn't have a lot of spare money left to buy presents. And I got myself really worked up because like my brothers all had good jobs and they were all like, like my parents wanted to go on holiday and it was like, we can all go away. And I was like, look, I can't afford to come away. Um, then they were like, oh, but, um label was buying these presents. I knew how to buy things, but I just had no money left yeah. over. So um, you do it in case I worked up and you think it's such a big deal. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like for people who have kids and sort of trying to deal with where everyone sort of has every kid is that competitive mindset where they have to have the new phone or they have to have this or they have to have this new computer. Um, I was speaking speak to a guy today and um, he's he was saying like he's he, he's bought his daughter his daughter the new iPhone out. It's like forty nine hundred quid, and he said it's like you have to do it because they all they're all coming in into school with them. And he said it's just like you don't want your child to go without. It's, it's such a a debilitating thing having to get in, into that and it, it can be any, anything at all like it could be something to do with work it could be something to do with your social life it could be something to do with your family um, could be anything to do with your previous experience like the PTSD thing or it could be anything whatsoever and now um, sort of and um, being able to recognize things is another thing so my young my younger brother um, my younger brother just came from me when he was 12 and he was playing football uh, down at the bottom of, of town, just having to kick around with his friends in the field. And he kicked the ball um, obviously when he's playing football. Um, and the ball went in into some trees. He went right at the ball. and I'm sure he was either eleven or twelve years of age. And as we were in, there was a walk who would hanging himself around the tree by uh, with a dog dog bleed. Uh, the guy was dead. Um, my brother's seen that, and he said, um, I remember him saying not, uh, quite a few years ago that um, the guy's eyes were sort of like almost popping out of his head, and he had terrible, terrible nightmares over the last few years. Um, he started sleepwalking. Um, we had, there, I met my parents, because uh, my parents didn't know what was going on, they just thought he was just, like, suffering nightmares. Whereas now, it sounds like he had a little bit of PTSD. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he had a bunk bed, um, and they had to get rid of the bunk bed because when he, he was in the top of the bunk, he would um, wake up screaming at night and hit the ceiling so hard that they had to get rid of the bunk bed because they thought he was going to break the ceiling or end up hurting himself. And then um, I remember for years and years, um, he sort of um, did, like, he'd sleepwalk sleep or he'd have sort of, like, night traumas and all these different things. And, like, again, he just was never the thing. Like, no one really died. <laughs> no one would say, yeah. me, like, oh, you need to seek seek help. Um, or, was, like, no one really said to my mom like, oh, you should really and to cease. I want to speak about these things, and um, like again, my my brother would never say he had any any problems at the time, but he talks about it now. When he says like, "Oh well, yeah, I, I seen it. my had bad mate Makes me all laugh and joke about it, but it's like he could not really use some help. Do you know what I mean? Because some people just they never get over that type of thing, and it is just weird. Like you go through you go through life, and you have all these different things happen, or nothing can happen to you, and you just feel bad. Like again, uh, my girlfriend when I spoke to her, like she said some things would trigger and it would never be a reason she said some days because I always I when we first got together I always thought there was a reason like some days she'd wake up and she'd have a bad day and I'd be like oh look I was like um, what's happened then why is your day bad she's like look nothing's happened she said I just woke up and <laughs> yeah. I knew today wasn't going to be a good day and I was like yeah but why she's like oh look there's, there's no why please stop asking me why and I, I never un- un- understood and she said just some days she'd wake up and it just wasn't going to be a good day and she just struggled she didn't want to get up she didn't want to go ready and she said um, the days she get up and do her makeup, she knew, she knew whether it was a good day or a bad day, she knew she could get through the day. Um, she said, but there were certain points in her life where she'd get up and she, she just couldn't do anything. She'd get up and she'd go back to bed and she just wouldn't want to do anything. Um, my, my, my girlfriend loves makeup. She loves doing her makeup. And some days I know it's a bad day. Cause she'll uh, get up. If we've got nothing to do, she'll get up, put her makeup on, get dolled up, and she'll take all her makeup back off. Um, just, and she'll just do it because it'll help him get through the day. Yeah, and yeah. um, like I just laugh now. <laughs> My god, don't worry. Um, <laughs> because like, not laugh because it's funny, but I laugh because um, like that's her way of coping with it. And um, like it doesn't have to make sense, that's, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't have to. If that's her way of coping with it, then that's that's perfectly fine on me. And I'll encourage whatever that helps people because, like you said, this could be any, any, anything, it doesn't have to have a reason, it's just getting through each day.
0: Yeah, that's t- that's totally right. And it's it's interesting that you've you haven't suffered but your girlfriend has, and it's I I had a similar experience. So I, I was suffering with depression and anxiety and my wife wasn't when, when, I, when I when I started to. And she she didn't really know what to do with me to, to begin with. And it, it kind of sounds quite similar in your relationship. How as somebody that has kind of like been in somebody's life and kind of spent a lot of time with them living with anxiety or depression how how would you say is the best way to help that person
1: so for me um when we first got together so I fought uh in Newport against Lawrence Tracy and then um, I remember after I was in 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 the crowds um it was one of it was early on in my career I think it was like my third pro win and um I was in the crowd on photos of my friends um I seen a girl um, who kept smiling at me and um I recognized this girl from somewhere, but I couldn't I couldn't click on where I recognized her from. So um I remember uh, we didn't speak, we just sort of like had a smile and wave and one of the boys was like, Oh, she fancies her and I was like, Yeah, she definitely does. <laughs> and then um, that was it? And then my S coach said, Oh, Madison was there, um did you see her? And then it clicked who it was. So I dropped her a message on Instagram, we stood in into her DMs and we started speaking. And then um, um, I currently just stopped speaking to the girl I've been speaking to. Um, There's nothing serious because I never really had serious relationships because of the fighting and stuff. I just messed around with girls. and never really wanted anything serious. Um, and then I remember messaging her to go and get her. Um, she lived in Abgeveni, so I was just going to go pick her up. We went to Costa, get a cup of tea. Um, and I thought, I'll speak, speak to her about 30 minutes, drop her back off, put a bit of prep in, and then I was going to California the next day. Um, straight jump back in in, in the camp because I had a busy year so I thought I'll pop in put 30 minutes of prep in go away when I come back and yeah, I can drop her a couple of messages and um, obviously I put the, the prep in <laughs> and um, I picked her up for a cup of tea. and we ended up speaking in the car for five, hour, five hours sorry, oh, I'm, right. tired. sorry I'm tired so I right, started sometimes i tired five hours and then um, I went away um, obviously California is eight hours ahead so um, i was be speaking to her on um, FaceTime and um some days it'd be like back home it'd be like three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning and i never really clicked on how she was still speaking to me how she wasn't sleeping like she was tired but she, she wouldn't really sleep um i i just put it down where i've been assumed but um she was suffering really bad so she came home because her mental health had reached a peak um she tried killing herself and then um she come back so um when I was speaking to her all this time in the morning, it was because she had insomnia, so she couldn't sleep. So um, there were certain times of the night where she'd snap. So, because I was in California, we spoke every day. She just messaged me and we'd end up in at like three o'clock in the morning, or she'd, um, she'd just be messaging me at this time. And I never really clicked on. And it wasn't until I got back and we started speaking, and she managed to open up me and say that how she was suffering that I actually clicked on because I she was so good at sort of dealing with these things and I I just didn't recognise symptoms like I, I was so obsessed in, in my old world and doing what I was doing that I never actually put two and two together and looking mm-hmm. back it was such an obvious sign like one normal person is at three four o'clock in the morning but again I just thought she's a student so um but dealing with it, like when we first got together, I had no clue how to handle it. I had no clue what it was. Like I'd been told um, when I was younger that men, that suffering from mental health, only weak people suffer from mental health. That was what I was told. So I had no clue. Um, so the only thing I, I could do was to listen. Uh, for me, I like to talk, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so listening, um, listening was the easiest thing. But all I could do was listen um i could compliment her and i could and i could ask how she is um and don't ask how she is like you're being inquisitive or they are being inquisitive just ask how how, how they are just so you know whether they're on a the good day or a bad day and um, if they're on the bad day just try and give them a little bit of positive reinforcement and help them get through it like carry the weight um a weight that's too heavy for one person to carry if it's between two is insignificant uh, so that's the easiest way to do it um just ask her how how they are ask how they feel when they wake up and if they wake up and they say look i'm having a good day or if they wake up and say, No, i don't feel too good then all you do you know you need to make it a bit more positive so um drop messages check out how they are and like that's easy for me to say but um i still struggle to do it like i, I woke up this morning uh, my girlfriend woke up she was in late this morning so she had to be in work till nine so um uh, I was up and out gym and at seven, so she woke up on the same time as me. But she's terrible at waking up in the morning, so I made sure she was up. I left her a coffee downstairs, but I didn't really get the time to mess with it. But I, I should have. I this is a thing like it is hard. You're we going to forget, but it's just being there for someone. And like I know if if she's struggling, she'll reach out. But for me, I I, I have to be the one to ask. Like cause a lot of time if she's feeling bad, I know it, and she is. She's having a really bad day, then she won't tell me. She'll just struggle all day. And then obviously I'll feel terrible because I feel like I'm not there for her. So it is—it is difficult. Like um, I wouldn't say it's more difficult than the other relationships I've had uh, because she makes everything so much better. Hmm. She's better than any other relationship I've had. But um, it is definitely different. It's just—it's um, just part of what comes with it, I think. And then, um, like, it's just one of those things because you—I'm—I'm you, I'm always surprised with the people and everyone will be surprised with the people you see some of the people who are the most smiley or the most happy or are the best at their jobs are the people who usually suffer the most yeah, um yeah. and i to be honest what i've seen is usually the most intelligent people are the ones
0: who suffer the most like you said it's it's taking stuff each day so so if if your partner does wake up and they they know that they're instantly they're gonna have a bad day it's sort of thinking today's today tomorrow's tomorrow tomorrow you could wake up and it could be a, a, an amazing day you could be like you're gonna be buzzing it's gonna be a great day she could put her makeup on and be like oh i'm well away like it's gonna be great but it is it's just making sure that you don't let those days merge into weeks months whatever and it's it's, it's kind of like tackling it day by day i think 100 percent.
1: it is that that sort of that idealism of it, it being a weight is, is the best way to describe it because some days they'll wake up and they'll, they'll have that weight in their shoulders and like her just putting makeup on and getting ready can sort of can, can just take it off off her shoulders can just make sure and she can just come round and other, other days he will be crushing no matter what she does so will just be crushing but me sort of reaching out and checking up on her and trying to help it can help and some days it can't like some days that was the hardest lesson for me was some days no matter what I did um, if I bought her flowers, if um, if I was there for, if I messed her constantly, if um, I was reassuring her, if I bought her something, like I know it sounds petty, but things that I thought would cheer someone up, things that would cheer me up, if it was the other way around, like they bought me something or if they were asking how I was or they was like being nice, some days it just doesn't help. Yeah. And um, like being have having no power is 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 a problem for me. Like not being able to help is a massive problem for me. Like I like. Being able to help people, um, and I like the fact that I can make her day better. But some days, if if I can't, it does become a personal problem with me. Then, and then again, that's that's wrong because it is her. It's all all her. So I I, I just have to be there for her and I have to support her and then I just have to help. And then um, help helping is very difficult. I think helping someone else is is just as hard sometimes. But again, it's nothing they can do. Like it's hard because certain people don't understand and when they don't understand, they blame the person for it. Or, like, if 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 they're struggling or she's, some days, if she's in a horrible mood, some days I just need to understand. It's, it's, she doesn't mean to be, she's just struggling. That's yeah. the way it is. Because some days she'll lash out for no reason. And I just need to understand some days and be like, and I struggle with that because <laughs> um, I'm quite uh, reactive in certain things. Like, if she starts being there, Start, she starts being horrible, and I'm like, like, hang on now." And then I don't click on to mention, like being horrible, being horrible and like she's been horrible you know, and I'll bite back, and then that doesn't help. It, it is hard sometimes. So, um, but it's relationship relationships are never supposed to be
0: easy. No, I, I, again, I can relate to that because uh, if, if, um, <laughs> if 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 my wife snaps at me or I snap at her, we always bite back. But I think we we've been together. I think it's the the whole like. I don't know what the saying is. I can't remember. It's but it's like a test of time, isn't it? Like if you if you part with it and you understand each other, like like yeah. that, it, it's going to work. And it's like I've been married for five years next year, and it's like, oh, awesome! Congratulations! If, cheers, mate. It's, it's it's just like if we've put up with each other for that long, then it's it's all right. But it's it's, it's like like you said, it's, it's just understanding each other and understanding that sometimes when when your partner or you react like that. It's it's not because they've been a dick. It's because of the way you're feeling. You just you're not feeling it that day.
1: Yeah, and like some days, um, like I said, I, I I I don't I wouldn't necessarily say suffer, but um, with anxiety or depression or anything like that. But some days I'll wake up and I'll just be angry from no reason. So I dealt with since I was a kid. Um, it was one of the main reasons I got to come back to sports actually, because I didn't, I didn't I could never handle my my feelings. I could never handle the anger I'd have and. um, like, now, even if I, if I have too long off, so, like, i remember mean, we've we'll gone on holiday for two weeks, and two-week holidays are always a problem for me, because the first week is fine, because my body's catching up on the rest that I've, from the smashing, I always give it, like, the way I train. Um, our first week is recovery, and the second week, then, is just sort of, like, starting to recover, finishing off, and then I'll get to the point where I'll really struggle with my emotions, and I'll just wake up, uh, and I'll be shaking some days because it just, I'm so full of aggression. I don't know how to handle it. and I've always struggled, and it's a weird thing to, to speak about, but it's just something I've always, the way I've always been, and um, I'll have to go for a run. or I'll have to do something, or I'll go training. So I remember last time we went away, uh, we went away to Florida, I remember I had a week off, and then I was back in the gym. I'd wake up earlier, so um, my family would be up early to go to the parks and stuff, so I'd wake up at, like, five. Um, I'd drive the van to a local gym um I'd lift some weights early and then I'd come back um get changed um and have breakfast one before we went or I'd rush to the gym go for a run um on like the treadmill or I'd, or I'd go for a run around the hotel um and then I'd go back and go I need to go and that sort of helped but um do you I mean everyone has everyone has their demons everyone has their problems and um it's just such a thing to deal with and to come to terms with sometimes because um like everyone wants to be normal um that was a problem for me when i was younger like i I used to think i want to be normal now um (laughs) i want to be exceptional now i tell myself i'm gonna be the best in in the world and that's a weird thing because people people always look down on you for being different um and um whether that means you're suffering from mental health or whether that means you want to do something weird like um there was such a thing in school where I wanted to do things, um, and people would be look. That's that's not going to happen. You need to be, you you need to sort of be um, think more more ach- achievable goals. And I was like, why is yeah, that not achievable? Yeah. And like, it's, it's the same thing now where I will tell people I'm 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 the greatest martial artist on the planet. I'm going to be the greatest fighter on, on, on the planet. And I am the greatest lightweight on this earth. And people would be like, oh well, well no, that's not true. And I'm like, well, why is it not true? like, the only thing that separates um, an everyday person from someone who's exceptional is is their mindset, Uh, whether that's that's something incredible, like you're going all over your problems um, and your, sort of, your mental demons, or whether it's something every, um, which for some people is just getting up and going to work every every day, that is the greatest battle they can ever have, Um, managing to get through every day without end end in their life and it sounds such, such, it's an easy thing to say, and you think, oh, do you know I mean? Like, what a pathetic thing to say is people on there. But you never know what people are going through things. Some people have yeah. literally, they've gone beyond hitting rock bottom to them. They've, they've got nothing left. Um, either, even if they've either got people around them all or, or they have, abandoned sometimes it's just not enough. Like, um, again, um, I've got friends who tried to commit suicide and, um, speaking to them and they said like, they knew people cared about them, they just, they couldn't, they, they couldn't find a way to explain what they were going through and they couldn't find a way to sort of, uh, to ask for help so um, they just felt like there was, there was no other options there was no other way out so they felt like they were just at the bottom of the pool and they were just drowning and they couldn't they couldn't get back to the top there was there was no feasible way back to the top and the easiest way out was just obviously to take to take something or to to sort of to try and try and make a bad to, something that's obviously going to be the worst decision you can ever ever, ever yeah. make which is to end, end your life and um, again it's not something I I can ever advise you around, uh, advise people around because I'll never be the type of person who will turn around and be like, Look, um, so, like I don't, I I it's, ne- it's never something I've ever looked towards. I've never been in that point in my life where I thought suicide was a a, a, a sort of an option for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those people who have, they literally see nothing have no other op- options um then again how do, how do you talk to someone and sort of try and help someone who doesn't see like they have another option out there and it, again all, all it is is listening to people and sort of trying to help out because um, perspectives perspectives such a big thing what, what me and you and uh, maybe nothing um could be crushing to someone
0: yeah
1: um and why is can actually can just be simply solved sometimes feels impossible to deal with um i remember in, in school um when like you had different things to do or i thought like i was going to be in trouble for something or um, like i got in trouble for fighting when i was younger i had an operation on, on my shoulder um and i i was told i may never be able to fight again um and uh i was going through so many different emotions and so many different things and then i remember we'd been out because um, we'd been away for a little bit and then um, I, I was out with we'll my friends and just met up and there was loads of us in town. We was only young, I think I was 17. And um, I remember a, a guy turned up, he was quite a bit older than us and started racially abusing my friend, um, giving him shit, he did abuse him online, giving him all these things. And my friend is very tough. He can more than deal with himself. But he kept on, he kept on. My friend was just, wasn't going to go to the to, to islands. He was a really nice guy, He's was really relaxed and he just kept trying to talk his way out of it. And I had that, I had that rage again where I hadn't been training I didn't really know what was happening and I was struggling so I was angry and then um, he kept on he kept on I remember in the end I told him that if he didn't leave then there was going to be problems and obviously getting told that um, there's going to be problems by low blonde kid when you're over six foot <laughs> <laughs> quite a big, big big guy he didn't take it too well so he swung at me uh, and I hit, hit in my progress jaw in two places yeah, so nice. um, uh, I ended up going, to, I up getting locked up and they tried taking it to court and um, I was lucky enough to be acquitted um, but again, it was just stupid decisions. And dealing with that um, and sort of the uncertainty of whether I, um, I'd, I'd be able to fight again and then dealing with the fact that even if I could fight again, if I get charged, my career's over. Because obviously, if you get charged, you can't get a work visa. You can't fight in the States. and yeah, if, yeah. Why would you want to fight for American promotion if you can't fight in the States? And I had all these different things going through my head at like 18 years of age. And they were just stuff I couldn't deal with and things I was just suffering with. But for me, training is my... My way to relax is my way to deal with it. Like when I fight or when I train, uh, I almost like a zen-like state where I can just sort of let everything shift away and I just focus on them on them. Like uh, I spoke to one of my coaches this morning. He said when I when he sees me train and he sees me compete, he, he can tell that I can sort of I have a high concentration span when I compete where I can sort of just isolate nothing but the moment and um, I think that's one of the reasons I love it so much because I enter that moment and nothing else exists nothing else matters all that matters is me um, is me in that moment like my opponent doesn't matter what they're going to do doesn't matter like I'm always going to be better than them so it's just finding that gap and making something land and um, that's why it's a beautiful sport to me because I know no matter what happened to me um if the worst would happen um, if anything happened that i knew i could deal with it as long as I, I could still be able to compete because it is my way to deal with everything um like uh i've got through like family members deaths i go through different things just by throwing into training um i've had friends who have, who have some of the greatest people i've ever met um have ended up getting destroyed by brain cancer and dying in early tests i've had um grandparents die i've had just everyday problems that probably Mm -hmm. everyone ends up dealing with this day and age but again perspectives and it's hard in the moment um but training for me has always been a a good outlook
0: on big occasions i i kind of like build them right up in my head i'm i I don't know how to deal with them I, i do deal with them a lot better than what i used to because like as a kid growing up, I was like, I've got, I've got to do a presentation. I'd be like shit scared. Whereas now I'm just like, as long as as long as it's nothing yeah, <laughs> as long as nothing bad happens, it's going to be fine. Like if you if you fuck up, you fuck mm-hmm. up, didn't you? But when so when you step into a fight and you you're facing your opponent and you're, you're just about to start, what how do you feel and what what kind of what goes through your head at that moment? Because it's I'd be absolutely bricking it, <laughs> putting myself in your shoes.
1: So. For me, the best way to explain uh, to explain how I feel it would be like an exam. If you went in into an exam um, and you've done all the preparation right, you've done all the work. You know you've done more than enough. You know you've done everything you would possibly do to prepare for this exam, and you, you've got all the research materials. And you open that first page, and written down is everything you've prepped for. That feeling of relief, which I know, <laughs> I definitely know you've done, where you've gone to an exam, you've opened the front page, and seen the the questions. You know the answers to. And you've gone.
0: <laughs> like that's why I feel yeah. like
1: when I fight for me it is I've done all the work all the preparations is right um, my head's in the right place because I, I do a lot of visualization which is massive for me um, like I'm, I'm not saying sit there and meditate because meditation doesn't work for me I'm too hyperactive what I'll do is when I run uh, I visualize always visualize so I've got a, a vision board um, I'm big on, men, on, um, on mental so, mental sort of activities that help me get through problems um, and again for anyone suffering um it sounds so cringy and then um, like i didn't tell people for years like i had vision boards and i'd sort of envision what i was going to do um like so now i know who my opponent is I, i've looked down and researched him so when i'm running now i'll just visualize myself knocking him out taking down seven out. all these different finishes and i just played over and over in my head until i've seen it thousands and thousands of times until i get into that moment and when i'm ready to fight I know I can do it because I've already done it thousands of times. So it's just waiting, um, and I—I I made myself enjoy the walk. So when I make the walk out to fight, I love every moment of it because I know, like, you have to enjoy it because if you don't love it, then you're gonna—it's gonna, it's gonna fr- frighten you. And I've never really been a person to be fr- afraid of much. Like, I don't think I'm, I'm. There's not one thing I can say that actually scares me. Um, there's different things, obviously, than like the idea too, but none of it really scares me. Um, so, for me, like. I'm good, I I like to deal with things in my own way, and my way to deal with it is just to make sure I'm completely prepared. So, um, for anyone who does have performance anxiety, which is what it is, where you do struggle with big performances, um, there's loads of different methods to deal deal with it. But the one that always worked for me, um, again, which helps me overcome things, is um, the mental side of things. It's just to practice, um, prepare do your research and then um, the other thing like do a couple of practice runs and then you've just got to envision it over and over again so if you are standing up, up in work um, and you have to do a speech um, or you have to I don't know whether you just got engaged and you're going out for a meal you know, you're know, you going to have to stand up and do a speech or something something silly sometimes or you want to get proposed you you, you want to propose to someone because that can be a, such a big problem for people as well because yeah, yeah. a lot of people go through it and um, it's something I struggle with run it through your head, envision it, um, prepare, uh, write down what you're going to say. Because um, like, for me, I, I prepare what I was going to say after the fights as well. Like, I never script it, but I'd have a think about what I was going to do while I'm running sometimes after I want what I'm going to do. Because it, it is a massive opportunity for me to sort of make my mark. So that's why why I, I would do and, um And they work for me, but I mean, there's no universal... universal key role there's no universal key for all these problems like you have to find your own way and I think that's one of the most difficult things is trying to figure out what works for you more what doesn't and helping that sort of using that sort of deal with these things
0: yeah no that's yeah that's that's yeah I always think that when you it's kind of like practice makes perfect isn't it so it's like if you've got it sorted in your head you think I've got this now done I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed and it's like you said with with your career you're you're so confident in yourself, you're you're your own biggest supporter, so as long as you've got that, you're always going to do well, and because you're so headstrong, it's like, you you do have to believe in yourself, for for stuff like that, don't you, you do have to like, because if nobody else does, you've got you, at the end of the day. Well
1: there's a a big thing, where people go on about arrogance, being a bad thing, I I, I don't believe arrogance is a bad bad thing, if Mm. channeled well, like it's better to be arrogant, than it is to have no confidence in yourself, at all, because like, I remember going through school and um, there was people I know and I used to struggle with confidence issues and different things. Um, like everyone tells a kid, I think there's always something when you're a kid we have no confidence about. And um, now as an adult, I know I don't, I don't look like it, but I am an actual adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I I would say, it's better to be arrogant, um, be arrogant and have confidence than it is to have no confidence at all because having no confidence can, can ruin lives. And yeah. like, if you don't have the confidence to take that step forwards and go for what you want in life, you will constantly miss out on things. And, like, it's such a big, again, like, the whole thing where people would say, but how you couldn't do things. Like, I remember I used to laugh at people and um, people would be like, oh, you'll never do that. And I used to just laugh. And I wouldn't correct them, i just laugh. Um, and then, when I got a bit old, older, because, like, I went through stages where even my friends, um, like, when I used to do the Judo, I used to lose a lot, all the time. I used to lose over and over, over and over again. And then, um, so my friends just say to me, they'd be like, Look, are you sure we want to get where I MMA eventually because like you do this judo, you seem to lose all the time. And I used to laugh and say, Look, just wait. And because um, <laughs> I knew how good could, could I was, and I knew how good I could be because judo was something that was never never come easy to me. Um it was like almost um trying to ride a bike with square wheels doing judo. But um, I would just literally just grip my teeth and power through because I knew in the long term it would help my career, and it's helped massively. Um, with different things. All, overcoming adversity, prepping, how to um professionally handle yourself, how to set up your programs, how to get your mindset in the right place, how to beat people who are better than you is another massive thing. Um, that's something you have to be taught because like I can beat people. It doesn't matter where they're technically better than me, it doesn't matter where they're better in every area, yeah, I I will beat you. It's easy as that. Because I'm I, I I've done that mindset where I will find a way to beat you. Whether I have to get smashed for five rounds, in that last round, I'm still going to finish it the wrestle. It is like, I will never, ever give up. And like, if, if you're going to choke me, then I will just wait until the timer goes and I'll I'll, I'll bite down on my gun shield and I'll deal with it. If um, if you're going to break something, then you're probably going to have to break it because like, I will take it to the nth degree. And um like, I've done it in fights. Like, I remember you jiu-jitsu combo once, um, there was like seven seconds left and the like, guy started to my elbow and I was winning the fight and um, I remember I was looking at at the clock and it was like the slowest clock in humanity and I remember um, it was like 15 seconds and he popped one ligament in my elbow elbow, elbow. and he was looking at me and I was just shaking my head saying no and then it was like another second later he popped another ligament in my elbow and I was like look am I gonna lay and break my arm to win this fight or am I gonna tap Um, and I remember I was going away to compete in a massive competition um, literally the weekend after it so I was like look it's not really worth (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Winning isn't really required as moments so why remember tapping. But like in a in a UFC fight, if someone's gonna break my arm, I probably don't break it if um, it means I'm gonna I can win that fight. Because like after that, if, if I can if I can power through with that arm without them seeing it, I know I can still win. With one arm, it doesn't matter, I'll I'll make it work. So um and you see people do it all the time. Like it sounds so impossible. You see I, I see something the other day and there's a guy who went five rounds and the first round, Curtis Blades, I think it was, he took a kick to his forearm and snapped his forearm in half Oh shit. Uh, in the first round. Yeah, um, this how, yeah. how much power is in these guys. So he kicked him in the arm, straight in the forearm, I forearm, shit. and he went five rounds with a broken forearm. Didn't make a noise. Didn't say a really? word. Wow. I think he said his corner at one point, like, this something on my forearm, and he was like, right, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'll deal with it. And they powered through. And that's that's the way you've got to be, Jimmy. Like, I I mean, I'm, 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 in a, I'm in a, a group of fighters... Like in USC, less than 1% of the planet gets signed to the UFC. Less than 1% is signed to the UFC because there's so many people getting cut, so many people getting signed. But there's always that pool of fighters and there's, there's never over a certain amount. If they it starts getting over that certain amount, they'll start cutting fighters. So I am in the elite less than 1% of the planet. And um, I don't even think that's sharing enough. Like I think I am the greatest fighter on, on this earth and one day I'm going to show everyone and that's the way it has to be.
0: One thing that I did want to ask, because one of my mates is a massive UFC fan, and he, he yep. said that one, and I've 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 seen it that there's there's a lot of YouTubers knocking around at the moment, getting all these big MMA fights, and they're getting big paydays. And it's it must if 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 I was in your shoes, it would annoy me a little bit seeing those people have success and then be like, I've worked for this. What have they done? Like, what 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 do you think of that? So for me,
1: all I see it as is we're products. That's Mm. the way it is. We're products. So like, if you've run a family that's if you you're in a family who's made shoes, you've say made I don't know you've made a shoe brand, and you've been in this your family's had this shoe brand for 150 years, and then all of a sudden I come along and I develop this new thing, and all of a sudden it goes mental, and my company within two years grows bigger than yours. How do you see that? You don't turn around and be like, look, I've spent all this year, I've spent all this time, my family's researched all this time, and you've come along this one idea on top of mine. That's the way I see it. YouTubers, all they've done is they market themselves as such a such a platform that they can do whatever they want. Like if one of them wanted to get involved in the F one and start racing, they could do it because they've got the backing behind them. So for me, I don't have any ill feelings towards them. Um, all I see him as is marketing opportunities, and they've marketed themselves such a, a way that they can do whatever they want. Like Billy Joe Swan has been a boxer for years. He's been one of the best boxers. I know people have seen him and they said they've seen him fight in years. One of the best boxers they've ever seen in in gym in the gym, and he, he does take it and he does prove it in, in, in the ring. Like he's an unbelievable good f- f- uh, fighter. He was on the undercard of uh, Logan or Jake Paul, whichever and it is he was on the undercard of their fight and all that comes down to do is they're not better boxers they're better marking themselves so that's just the way it is and that's just the world and then um, for me all that means is if i want to be okay. tired of youtube uh, we're on episode three i think um day in the life of series um so it's early days it's building um i think we've got less than um, i think it's like less than 500 subscribers at the moment um, one of my sponsors is going to help me boost it by doing a giveaway, um so that'll help us boost us to the roof. But it's the same as you with your podcast. you mean like when you see Joe Rogan's podcast, and you think, "What is he got that I don't have? Why is it so, baby? You don't, you don't. You just sort of see that is the goal. <laughs> that's on, how I'm yeah. going to get it. That's that's yeah. the best mindset to have. Like you can't just like if I started a podcast same time as you started a podcast, and mine went through the roof. You can't turn around and be like, "Well, why is his gone so quick?" I might have, other? you just see it. You wish people well, and then you continue on your journey. That's the way it has to be. And like, I see him doing well, and like, all, all, all I see is someone who's cross cross platforms, and they've already got this standing, and they can do whatever they want. So for me, all that means is I have to build my social media into the pinnacle, and then soon it is at that height, I can do anything I want. If I wanted to become a supermodel with a face like this, if I had to follow him, I could probably become a supermodel because that is what ages. it is. It doesn't matter what you want to do. If you can build that social media platform up, you can do anything you want. So that's that's the way I, I see that. I don't... Um, be, like, having ill feelings towards them and saying those guys don't deserve to be there. Well, they do. Because they, they've made themselves get to that point. Like they, whether they've been given it or not, they've decided to do it. And he's doing well for himself. So I wish
0: him all, all the best. No, nah, that's a great way of looking at it. I I totally agree. And the th- at the end of the day, you've grafted. They've grafted in their own field. So good, good luck. good, luck to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that.
1: And then also, also, if if one of them wanted to fight, I'd i happily take that <laughs> because I I know I could dust I could dust one of a map and I get every big money. So that's all that matters
0: it's been a pleasure speaking to you and like i said you don't need luck you're gonna do it and yeah keep in touch thanks, because man. yeah keep in touch because i'm not, i'm gonna follow your career yeah. now anyway so 100
1: thank you very, very much and drop me a message um if you ever want to get me back on um thanks again and um keep spreading your message man because um you're mean you're, you're gonna save lives that's the best way to look
0: fucking it thank you mate no that means a lot thank you have fun at training I do have to go <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. cheers mate have a good day you Bye. too see you later Well, that was pretty good. I really enjoyed chatting with Mason because it taught me that even if you fight as a career, you're still human just like anybody else. And again, as I've mentioned before, if you don't suffer from a mental health illness personally, you probably know someone who does, sometimes without even realizing it. If you're currently suffering with a mental illness and need a help in hand, there's lots of fantastic charities out there who are there to help. I won't list all of them here, but will include all of the information in the podcast notes with web addresses and contact numbers. Finally, please don't suffer in silence. Help is always at hand and even if you can't see it right now, light is at the end of the tunnel and it will get better. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a lovely week. See you next time.